Amen. It, it, I think it goes without saying, if you've been around, you know that the Lord has really been blessing this church family uh, over all of these weeks where we've faced uh, a pandemic and everything that's come along with that. We've seen people come to know Christ and people following the Lord in baptism. Uh, we, we may be baptizing more people this year than any year in our 77 years. And to do that in the middle of this year, of all years, you know, we, we all are saying, man, 2020, 2020. 2020 at Grace Life has actually been pretty phenomenal, and we praise the Lord for that. Um, on top of that, every weekend, there's new people coming to Grace Life. In this service, I see faces that I don't know, and I'm looking forward to getting no Lord willing, a lot more of your faces in the weeks to come, and it's such a blessing. And next Sunday, our day of new beginning, when we start having more Bible study on campus and more fellowship opportunity on campus, uh, it's going to feel more like our church family again, and you're going to have an opportunity to get to meet some people and to get to share with some people, get to know some people, and we're going to watch this fellowship just grow deeper and deeper in the Lord, and we praise the Lord for that, and it's all ages. You know, last week we saw Miss Mary Moore, one of our senior adults, following the Lord in believer's baptism. We've seen children following the Lord in baptism, teenagers, college students like Austin, young couples. We've had just an explosion of young couples coming to Grace Life and seen many of them together, new husband, new wife, following the Lord in believer's baptism. And so there's so much to celebrate and rejoice in the Lord today. And, you know, all of this influx of people is just right on time because we're not too far away from moving into a brand new facility that the Lord's providing us on 72 beautiful acres. And uh, it's just phenomenal what the Lord's been doing out there. It's, a, it's not our end-all, be-all. It's simply a tool to lift up Jesus. That's all that is. And I'll tell you what, uh, you might have thought during all of this time that maybe that project has just sort of stalled and limped along. Nothing could be further from the case. Just like God has been blessing in spiritual ways at Grace Life in these days, He has also been blessing in physical ways. And so we asked Pastor Johnny to, to put together a little video, just share with you what's going on at Shadow Lake. You're going to enjoy this, so take a look. Hey folks, Pastor Johnny here. Just wanted to take a moment to share with you some of the things that are going on in our project at Shadow Lake. so many miracles happen out here as we began to move the dirt we had volunteers in our church and donated equipment and we've had people from outside of our church given one one gentleman loaned us a bulldozer for about three months and then once we started with construction he's given us over 40 loads of uh, gravel which is probably the equivalent of twenty thousand dollars we've also had people bonus us uh, track hose bulldozers and excavators to dig ditches put in pipe so Construction from the very beginning has been full of people giving us things in addition to our volunteers working very hard day in and day out to get the dirt moved so we could begin the building. Standing here in the sanctuary, and as you can see, it's it's going to be big. It is big, and the sheetrock has already started going up on some of the walls. But what I hope you can capture in this picture is how, how much work has been done with volunteers. Every bit of the wood framing and metal framing that you see, other than the sheetrock, was done by volunteers. 
volunteers that work during the day and some that work worked at night because they had full-time jobs. This started last fall and has continued up to this summer. And of course now our subs are working on electrical and we have some volunteers that are helping the electrician as well. But all of this was done with volunteers in terms of the frame. And people come and see it and they don't believe it. It's a God thing. I'm standing here at the entrance of our children's building. This building was framed by volunteers from Grace Life Baptist Church, and we had a group from Selma to come up and help us also. As you continue to see these pictures, you get a, a feel for how much work was done by volunteers. Standing in the student center, which is one of the many miracles of this total project. This building here was built by volunteers, mostly from Grace Life Baptist Church, but we had some help from Florida. But this building was built from the ground up last summer and into the fall. When it came time to put the roof on, we got a roof uh, estimate of putting the metal on at $14,000. When the guy left, he said all we owe him was 10. Time and time again, we've received gifts like that on this building. Um, the inside has already been sheetrocked and being painted, and the subcontractor that we have doing that is a gentleman that, he's a member of McAdory, Church of McAdory, and he's doing a great job for us. So even the subs that we're hiring are giving us good prices and, and, and quality work. Just two weeks ago, we received another tremendous blessing. The building behind us is a student building and you can see the Hardy Board is already, has already been uh, installed. We had hoped to do that with volunteers, but we're not able to do it. So we hired a contractor and he did an excellent job. And the Hardy Corporation was gonna give us a discount of 25% up to $5,000. Well, the material cost about 17, so we was expecting a donation of a little over 4,000. When I called to get the credit, it was almost $10,000. So we made over half of the labor to put the party board on with the donation that they, they made to us. So God is continuing to bless us with these types of gifts. He has done great things. See what a Savior has done. See how his love overcomes. He has done great things. As you can see, there's been a lot of work done here. Volunteers have, have been on this pro project from the get-go. We've had teams from Mississippi, 
Selma. We've got two teams from South Carolina, plus individuals from other parts of Alabama that have helped us. And Grace Life people have been here. We have a group of senior adult men that have been here day in and day out. The ladies have provided food week in and week out for us. And guys that are working full-time jobs have come in the afternoons and on Saturdays. We've come a long way, but we got a long way to go. So we need you, please, to keep praying, keep giving, and keep volunteering. God has blessed us with a lot of gifts, financial gifts, that has helped us. But remember, in the, as we began this project, we needed to produce a million dollars worth of volunteer labor and reduce costs. We've done a good bit of that. God has been faithful to honor that commitment. We need to be faithful in our giving to fulfill this project. We want the gospel to go forth from this hillside. We want to move into this building. Yes, with a debt, but certainly not a debt that's going to affect our ministry as moving forward. If you want to find out more about how you can help, please contact the uh, church office or, hey, call me and I'll talk to you about it. Be glad to talk to you. Would love to talk to you about this project. Thank you. How about that, huh? Praise the Lord. To God be the glory, it was 16 years ago tomorrow that I first saw a sign on the interstate that some property was for sale. I'll never forget that. It was on Labor Day of 2004 when I saw that. And uh, the Lord has blessed us to be able to use that facility to reach a lot of people for Jesus since then. Got big dreams into the future. One of our dreams right now is maybe as early as next summer. We have a summer-long day camp. For all the kids who live in this region of the world, we'll hire our high school kids and college students to work that camp all summer. We get to mentor them, disciple them. It becomes a leadership pipeline that we're constantly developing as we're reaching families and serving folks here in our community. So we're so thankful and, and to see what God has in store. It's hard to just imagine what all is coming our way. Uh, I've shared with this, and I, I want to share this again with you, just some more good news. But Almost three years ago, as a church family, we committed, we made pledges what we would give financially toward this project, and typically you bring in a company, a stewardship team that comes in and walks you through that process, and you write them a big check, and they say at the end of that, you end up with maybe 70, 80% of what was pledged that comes in. Well, let me tell you what's happened at Grace Life. We didn't hire a company, we just kind of said, hey, here's what we're going to do, and uh, we pledged over three years to give $1,400,212 to this project. And to date, what has been given is $1,155,916.90. And we have four months remaining on our 36-month pledge. Now, here's what that means. 12% of our time is still on the clock with those 36 
months. And we're 17% of the way from meeting our goal. That means that at the course we're on right now, we'll finish somewhere around 95% of what was pledged, which is absolutely phenomenal. That's about $70,000 short of what we pledged. And listen, while that's phenomenal, Grace Life has never been a church that spikes the ball on the five-yard line, all right? So I just know by God's grace and for His glory, we're going to run this thing all the way through beyond what we pledged to do. And God's brought new people to Grace Life who have uh, become a part of that giving. And uh, some of you are increasing your giving. Some of us can increase that giving even now as we finish out this project. And then when the project is finished. I know some of you, maybe you, you won't continue to give. Some of you made sacrifices. There are things that, that you needed to do that you've not done. You put those things off doing. But for most, I think, the gifts will just continue to be given until we ultimately retire all of that debt. So even now, you need to be thinking about continuing to give, increasing your gifts as we go forward. Uh, but I'm anticipating that three months from now, I'm going to stand before you and we're going to celebrate that we met and exceeded what was pledged. I really believe that's going to happen, just knowing you guys like I do. And by the way, our missions giving over that same course of three years, our mission expenditures will be close to a million dollars as well. So this is not, hey, we have forgotten about doing missions as a church while we do this. No, we took on both and because that's what we understand God's word to direct us to do. And so we just can't praise him enough for his faithfulness in all of that. So much gratitude to all of those folks who have been out there physically on site, blood, sweat, and tears. And another thing we praise God for y'all is just the safety for everybody that's been out there. I think, um, I think Johnny's only had to kill three or four of those guys through the whole <laughs> project. But no, it's been phenomenal. Now next Sunday is a day of new beginnings for us at Grace Life. And I got a lot of notes because there's a lot of things that I need to share with you as we make our biggest pivot yet in the middle of this pandemic. And that's to pivot everything onto our campus. I say everything, not quite everything. Uh, but beginning next Sunday, uh, we'll move all four of our worship services. Pre-pandemic, we were doing two worship services. But now, because we've taken out uh, about 65% of our chairs, um, we have to spread it out over four. We're no longer having a Saturday night service starting next weekend. Last night, there was weeping and gnashing of teeth in this room because the Saturday night people have grown to love that Saturday night service. And I love it too. It's a phenomenal service. But we're moving that service onto Sunday evenings at 5 o'clock. So we'll have four services beginning next Sunday here. All of those services will be identical, just like we've always uh, conducted our worship services here. The 8 o'clock service, one small change in the 8 o'clock service. Up to this point, that's been a mask mandatory service. I surveyed that bunch of people uh, a couple of months ago, and I put this question to them, and it came back resoundingly that they would be supportive of this. Um, but we're going to change that mask mandatory service to a mask section uh, service. And so what we'll do is when you make your reservation for the 8 o'clock worship, if you want to sit in the mask-only section, you'll note that on your reservation. And we're going to bring you through the back hallway so that you're out from everybody else. And you're going to come sit in this section to my right, and you'll be surrounded by people in masks, and you'll be the first people out of the building. So for those who want to have optimal... Uh, physical safety to, for us to do everything that we can do, that's going to be what, what you're going to want to do, okay? Uh, I've been asked, why don't we just ask everybody to wear a mask the whole time we're at church? Uh, 
Why don't we do that? Well, we've done that for the 8 o'clock service for 18 weeks. You know, the people who say, well, if we would do that, then I'd come back to church. I would say, you wouldn't, because we've done that for 18 weeks in the 8 o'clock service, and that service has just not been uh, highly attended. Now, I'm glad to provide that service to our people, uh, but that service is about a fourth of what all our other services are. So you kind of meet your people where they are, and that's sort of where the vast majority of our people seem to be. I've been asked, well, why don't you just mandate it? Well, I, I can't really just mandate that, and we could have a church discussion and vote on it, but that presents so many opportunities for there to be division. As you know, um, this is a, a hotly contested uh, matter right now in our society, and you can say, well, it shouldn't be, and maybe it shouldn't be, but as we like to say these days, it is what it is, and um, I've heard the people who want us to require masks, and they have some very good reasons for that, that I respect. And I've heard some people who don't want to see us require everybody wear masks, and they have some very good reasons, too, that I also respect. One of the challenges is we're living in a society right now where it seems like we got to pick a side. And whatever side you pick, you don't listen to the other side, and you're immovable. And so that's the way it is with the pagans outside of our church family, right? That's not the way it's going to be here, all right? It's just not the way that we want to see it be here. So um, here's what I'm asking us to do. I'm asking us to do everything that we do in love, okay? Consider what is the loving thing for you to do as it relates to other people, other people who don't have the same opinion as you, other people who have a different perspective of you as you do. Let's do everything that we do in love. You say, well, what, what's that going to look like? Well, I can't answer it for you. I've thought about this for me. I don't wear masks uh, usually unless I have to. That's just me being honest with you. Um, and I, I, the only time I've been wearing them over these 18 weeks is in the mask-only service at 8 o'clock. I walk in this room wearing a mask. I, I speak to people as I have my mask on, and when I step up here, I take my mask off. And then everybody walks out that way, and I walk that way to my office. Well, beginning next Sunday, we're not all going to be walking out that way because a lot of people are going to be going to Bible study classes, to Sunday school classes. And so there's going to be a lot more traffic in our hallways and things such as that. So one of our high school students recently gave me a stack of these clear masks. And I like these clear masks. You may not like them. Uh, I like these because I, you can see my face. Now, some of you would say, I don't really want to see your face. I understand that. Um, I don't blame you for that, but um, I love seeing everybody else's face. And so if you're cool wearing a, a clear mask, maybe find some of those and try those out. Um, it's been tough preaching to a mask-only service at 8 o'clock. I have felt for 18 weeks like those people hate my guts. Because all I see are their beady little eyes just staring me down the whole time. As a communicator, you feed off people's countenance and the changes in their facial expression. And it's been so difficult for me to preach in that hour. And so this may be something you consider. You, I'm going to do my best when I can't stay further than six feet from people here uh, to, to put this on. When I'm walking through the hallways. Because Miss Dot, she jumped up and hugged me today. But listen, uh, and I'm glad. And that, that, that hug felt so good. And, and listen, we need Miss Dot here. I need her love. But y'all, our senior adults need to be here too. We've watched a lot of our senior adults, their health decline as they've been shut in during all of this time. And so we want to be able to love each other, but we want to do that wisely and safely. So I'm not telling you what to do, but I'm telling you that uh, I will increase my mask wearing, at least for a time right now, at Grace Life. I'm going to do my best to do that, okay? Now, one of the ways we're going to love each other at Grace Life is we're not going to police each other. 
when it comes to this. This is one of the reasons I don't want to say everybody's got to wear a mask. Because then suddenly somebody's going to feel like they start calling people out. If somebody slipped their mask down or if a, well, we say three-year-olds don't have to wear it and that's a four-year-old. How do I know they're four? We just don't need that kind of environment. We're all under great pressure already in this world. We need to come to a place to begin our week together where we're enjoying the Lord, we're worshiping together, and where there is freedom and love that's in this place. So one of the ways we're going to love each other is we're not going to be policemen over each other. You know, don't look at somebody wearing a mask and say, you must be a socialist. No, they probably have very, very good sound Wise reasons why they're wearing a mask. And don't look at somebody not wearing a mask and go, you don't love old people. No, we have old people not wearing masks, all right? And they're not coming to church on a kamikaze mission, all right? They have reasons they're not wearing masks. So we're, we're just not policing each other, okay? If something's not right, something concerns you, talk to our pastors about that. I promise you, our pastors and our staff have ate, drank, and breathed this issue since it all began. Our staff, our team has never worked harder, I promise you. And I, I cannot tell you how proud I am of our team. They have showed incredible wisdom. Uh, they've shown incredible restraint at times. Uh, they've shown incredible tenacity just to get, it, get after it, get after it, get after it every single day and to make adjustments. We have discovered 30 different ways to be a church family, right? And, and it's just been um, really quite the amazing journey. So let us know if something's not quite right. I even know as I'm saying and sharing this stuff today, I'm, I'm, people are criticizing in their minds or in their living rooms or whatever it may be. And I'll probably hear from some people. Um, that's just leadership right now. It's always leadership, but especially in the times that we're living in right now. So we just want to do our best to love each other during these days. Uh, we're going to continue to keep ample hand sanitizing stations around to keep our bathrooms uh, clean and sanitary, disinfecting the seats in between the services. Everything that we've been doing, we're going to continue to do. But look, we can't do it by ourselves anymore. Our pastors and our staff have been carrying that load, but we're not going to be able to do that starting next weekend because we're going to have children to care for and teenagers to care for and Bible classes to lead. And we're going to be required to be in other places. I say that to say we need more people to step forward and help us, okay? We're going to need some people to spritz the seats and to wipe down the countertops in the bathrooms just to make sure we're doing everything that we can do okay so if you've got some availability to serve on sunday contact us let us know as soon as possible we need to be fully staffed all right by next sunday and we're working hard toward that you will save us a lot of time if we don't have to hunt down and have phone calls go hey would you be willing if you'll call us and say i'm willing to take on a Sunday and be on the, the, the cleaning crew or whatever it may be. So, so make an email, send it right now, text us right now, call us tomorrow when the office opens up. Um, we're going to continue to report to you when somebody worships with us uh, and then goes on in the following week to test positive. We don't report, if somebody worshiped two weekends ago and then they test positive, we don't report that to y'all. There's no point in reporting that. We're told that uh, CDC says this. We see a lot of our schools using this as a rule of thumb. When you become symptomatic, you count back 48 to 72 hours. That's when you become uh, possibly contagious. So we go all the way back even as much as a week. We go back to the following weekend, but there's no reason for us to go back the weekend before that, so we don't do that. If you were in a ministry, you were in a small group, and we know that. We keep up with that. You're accounted for for the 60 minutes or 120 minutes next weekend that you'll be here on campus. And so if you were in a small group and you tell us you tested positive, we ask you to communicate that with as many people as you can. But we also will 
contact the people in that ministry or in that small group. Okay, so understand that. Now, when your child leaves here and they get out in the parking lot and they hang out with their buddies or they go eat at a fast food restaurant after church and then one of their friends tests positive, you can't expect us to, to communicate that with you. If they weren't in the same small group, they weren't in the same ministry here, but they hung out after hours, that's on you as their parent. That's not on us. It's everything we can do to keep up with what we got going on here. We're not tracking your kid outside of here. We love them. We pray for them. But they are your children, and that's your responsibility, and I hope that you understand that. So if you hear of people in our church family that get COVID, but we're not reporting that to you, and you go, well, are they hiding it from us? Are they not being honest with us about that? No, it just doesn't meet the criteria that we have in place to report that. And, and so there are some people I know who go, well, I just think we ought to know everybody that tests positive. Well, I disagree. I think there's privacy laws. I think there's decent respect for people's privacy. Uh, as I stand here today, I honestly have some regrets that I shared my wife's name publicly. But I had to do that because of who I am. Um, but that caused some difficult moments for some of our church members in their workplace because of where they go to church. And that bothers me because those people were not asked, where did you go eat this week? Where did you shop this week? Who all were you around? But because we have a system in place where we're honest, when we have somebody that tests positive, um, we get singled out, all right? And so we're going to continue to keep that process in place, um, but you just need to understand this is why we're not announcing everybody's name that tests positive. We have good reasons for that, and, and I know you may disagree, and you have every right to disagree, and when you pastor a church, you can pastor it through a pandemic however you see fit. Um, okay, back to this new beginning next weekend. So the 8 o'clock service, I've already addressed the changes we're going to make with that. 9.30 and 11 o'clock, we're going to provide nursery and children's Sunday school. That's the only two hours right now that we can do that, 9.30 and 11 o'clock. So if child care is not an issue for your family, you might even consider worshiping in the 8 o'clock or the 5 o'clock service. You don't have to, but you just might in love consider, hey, that could open up some seating for some families who need to be in those hours because in the other hour they need nursery and they need child care. We won't have children's church. Our children's church here has been four- and five-year-olds, but we don't have a space right now to do that. Again, Heritage Christian Academy is meeting here. This is their building now. They own this, and their school is flourishing. Praise the Lord. And so we're, we just have some space issues. Uh, so your four- and five-year-olds are going to come into big church with you. So what that means is uh, you're, they go to Sunday school while mom and dad are in Sunday school. Then mom and dad pick your child up and bring them into worship. Now, three and under... They'll stay back there in the nursery, all right? But let me address this about three and under. If you have children three and under, you've got to make a reservation for child care. And you've got to make a reservation for each hour. That means you're going to make two reservations every week, okay, for your children, for your three and under children. You're going to make a reservation for the Sunday school hour and for the worship hour. We want you to be here for both hours. We want you to be in a Bible study. We want you to worship. Same thing for your children. So it's not one reservation it's two reservations, all right? Now, as we begin this, understand that our child care opportunities are going to be limited to start with. Not all of our child care uh, volunteers are coming back just yet, okay, uh, for a number of reasons. So we're doing everything we can do to recruit some more people to help us. And you should step forward and help us, okay, and do that now. 
Um, don't wait a couple of weeks and then say, yeah, I'll be, I'll be willing to help. We need that now. We need this week to get your background check done. We need this week for you to uh, watch our um, training videos. We need you to be set to go, okay? So communicate with us today. Text us, call us, call the church office tomorrow, email us. We need to know that. So if you go to make a child care reservation this coming weekend and there's none available, I'm sorry. Please don't be upset. We're doing everything that we can do. We're blessed with a lot of young families and a lot of little children. And we're going to try to get at maximum child care provision as soon as we possibly can. But it's probably going to take us a little bit of time to get there. So you're going to want to make those reservations uh, as quickly as you can. And, and don't, don't make it to hold it in hopes that you might be able to come. Okay? Commit to being here. The old days of, you know, rolling over on Saturday night or Sunday morning, am I going to go to church today? No, no. You make that decision come Monday, right? And then, and then you commit to that, that you're going to be here. Now, if something comes up, obviously, you get really sick or whatever, you, you can cancel that. You can let us know. It opens up a spot for somebody else. But help us with that. Sign up to help us in the nursery. That would mean so much uh, if you would do that. Uh, we will have Sunday school at 930 and 11 for uh, our children, our little ones, all the way up, uh, adult Sunday school classes, those adults Sunday school classes who have a need for child care, we're trying to put them on campus at 930 and 11 so that your children are in Sunday school while you're having your Sunday school. We've got a lot of adult Sunday school classes that are continuing to meet uh, throughout the week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. We have classes meeting every day of the week right now except Friday, Saturday, I think, and there's probably some scattered small groups or D groups thrown in there too. Uh, we can't offer child care at those weekday classes because we don't have a place to keep them because this building's already filled up with children, unless you like to register your child at HCA, then they can be here, but that's not us, that's them. Um, Sunday night, we have worship at 5 o'clock. I'm really excited about that service. I think it will feel a lot like our Saturday night service has felt. I'm excited, too, because I think there's going to be a big high school and college presence in that class. One of the things that I've missed is getting to preach. This section it used to be a big section, and it was filled up with our high school students, and I've missed being able to, to preach to them. Um, but because our college Sunday school class is at 6.30, I anticipate seeing a lot of college students worship at 5 o'clock. Our high school ministry, MXCV, now meets on Sunday night at 6.30. So I think we may see a lot of high school students that are worshiping with us at 5 o'clock on Sunday night. Uh, let me say this to our high school and college students. Listen up, high school, college students. We need you. Grace Life needs you desperately uh, to come alongside and to help us. And you're already doing so much to serve. We're going to talk to you more tonight when we're gathered with our college class and with our high school MXCV tonight uh, at 6.30. We're going to talk more about this, but listen, um, college students, you could serve in both the 9.30 and 11 o'clock hour. You could help us in that nursery. We could get our nursery fully volunteered so that we don't have to say no to any, any parent, to any family. College students, you could serve at 9.30 and 11. You could come and worship 5 o'clock Sunday night. And then have your Bible study when that, when that time's over. High school students, you can do the same thing. Um, you could, you could, uh, we're going to have high school Sunday school at both 9, 30, and 11. So you could go to your Sunday school class and then serve. Or serve for an hour, then do Sunday school. And then you could come to worship at 5 o'clock. And then roll out of that into MXCV. Uh, so high school and college students, we need you. Uh, and you're ready for this. Our high school and college students are extraordinary. Uh, this is your time. Uh, and so this is a place where you're going to be a difference maker in the life and the mission of Grace Life. So we'll talk to you more about that tonight. 
Um, I can foresee on Sunday night that eventually some adult Bible classes may form. Some new Sunday school classes may start meeting on Sunday night when that worship service is over. That's not on the table yet, but as you begin to come in and worship, you may look around and go, hey, why don't we hang out and start a Bible study after worship service is over? That's fine. Right now, there won't be child care on Sunday night, but that could change down the road with some time. Uh, by the way, this is probably going to be the schedule, um, at least very similar to this, until we relocate. Uh, I just, it's not going to go back to the way it was in February here. It can't. We don't have the space. It's not just the pandemic. It's the, the space uh, campus issue now. Uh, Wednesday nights. Wednesday nights is still going to be, it used to be for everybody, but we don't have the space now. So Wednesday nights right now is only for three-year-olds through the ninth grade. We've got great ministries going for them. The only other thing we want to change about that right now is we want to get it down to where we're also providing nursery for two and under back there. But again, we've got to have the volunteers to do that. So I suspect in the next few days, we're going to see an influx of people stepping up to the plate to help us with that. Parents need to help with that, okay? Every parent that's got a child back there, you need to take a turn. But listen, it doesn't need to be just them. These mamas and dads, they would like to have, they've been bringing their babies in here to worship with them for 18 weeks, and that's it's tough. It's tough. Uh, they feel like everybody's watching them, every noise, every peep their child makes. So you will bless those families if you will also take a spot and take a turn helping us uh, provide that child care. Um, and at some point, we could offer some small group stuff for some moms and dads on Wednesday nights as well. I'm kind of doing a parent powwow right now during that hour, and it's been just kind of a cool, decompressed, debrief sort of time. Um, again, high school, college students, we've already, we got about 20 high school and college students already coming here on Wednesday nights to serve. They're helping in our children's ministry. They're helping in our junior high ministry. But we could use more of you guys, high school and college students. You could help us not only in junior high and kids ministry, but you could help us in that nursery ministry. Uh, Pastor Brad would love to hear from you. Again, we'll talk to you more about that tonight. If you hear what I'm saying, church, I'm telling you that we're looking at high school and college students who are going to be serving more than they're being served. And they're ready for that. They're ready for that. They're a phenomenal bunch of young people. Um, how are you going to know where your Sunday school class is next week? You might have picked up a handout. Uh, Sissy's got one. You can hold it up and everybody can kind of see what you got. These are around. They're out here in the hallway. You might have gotten one. That's got some details in it. Got the class name, classroom. Room numbers are a little different now because the school numbered things a little bit differently than we had numbered them. So don't just assume that you know where anything is. You don't. I don't know where anything is, y'all. And I work in this place, and I don't know where stuff is. But that'll help you a little bit. If you know who your Sunday school teacher is, you might reach out and just talk to them. Make sure you know where you're supposed to go next week. If you don't have a Sunday school class, hey, this Sunday is your day. It's a day of new beginnings. We're going to be trying out new classes. Your, things are going to be just different. And so it's a time for everybody to try a different class, meet some new people, go to a different place. Feel free to do that. It's a new beginning. You don't have to be married to your Sunday school class till Jesus comes, all right? Uh, my wife's even talking about trying a different class for a while just because of the way our family schedule is. No hurt feelings about that. Go for it. This is a perfect opportunity to do that or even to consider starting a new class. Our greeter ministry will be here next Sunday to guide people, direct people, help them get to where they need to be. It's, it's going to be uh, a great day. It's going to feel like we're, in large part at least, back together, united together once again. And I'm really, really excited about that. In the meantime, as we get there, listen, stay flexible. Just be open to all these changes. I know you're not going to like all of them, and you're insane if you think your pastors like them all. 
We don't either. We just have to do what we have to do. We haven't sat around for 18 weeks thinking, now how can we drive everybody insane with ridiculous changes to the church? I promise you that is not what we've been doing. What would bless us is if you would be positive and prayerful and flexible. And I know you will be. And I know you have been. That's one of the reasons we've seen God bless like he's blessed over these weeks. Uh, but, But now more than ever, my old coach would say, put on steam. Let's put on even more steam uh, right now in these days. In particular, I want you to ask you to be prayerful about our church family. All right? And, and this is the case with every church, every pastor that I know right now. Uh, but I think it's even a little more so for Grace Life. Pray for your church family in particular in these days because right now we're, we're walking through some minefields. Like I have never... Uh, seen us walk through before in, in all of our time together over these years. Uh, there is just opportunity for chaos and division. Uh, every step that we're taking these days, we're walking through a pandemic. We're walking through uh, all the campus issues with this campus. We're walking through a, a, a highly charged political year. We're walking through some social unrest right now. We are walking through some incredibly challenging minefields right now. But let me tell you this, Grace Life, there is not another group of people on the planet that I would choose to walk through those minefields with than you. I count it a privilege and an honor that together we get to link hearts and arms together at such a time as this and show the world who Jesus is. Amen? Amen. Let's stand together and let's pray. God, that's our prayer, that the world would see Jesus, that they would know Jesus. And we are thankful, God, that you've chosen, God, to have us be together as a local church family at a time like this, when the world is hurting and broken and lost and sinking in despair. God, I pray that they would see the love of Christ in our fellowship. And God, I'm very aware that right now more than ever, I think as we walk through these minefields, we're going to learn to love each other more deeply than we've ever loved before. We're going to learn to care for each other more deeply than we've ever cared before. We're going to learn to set aside self in ways that are greater than we've ever learned before. And so I thank you, God, for the tremendous opportunities that are in front of us as a church family to be shaped and to be formed and to fashioned into more the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. God, I pray that your reflection would be seen in our lives, that your church might be edified, built up, strengthened, encouraged, that people that don't know Jesus would be brought to a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus, and that in it all, God, that you would receive all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said... Amen. Let's worship the Lord, church, and set our mind on these things.